All right, go ahead and bring it in. You guys can have a seat. I wish we had elevator music for this part. Hey, thanks. What's up, man? <laughs> cool. Uh, how are we doing tonight, Soma? All right, all right. Uh, is that, I mean, I don't know. I like to turn it up a little more because I like to get turned up when I teach, all right? So we're going to try this again. All right, Soma, how are we doing tonight? Sweet, that feels better. I like to get, uh, I like to get pumped off of you guys, so if I'm pumped... We're all getting pumped tonight, uh, so I'm stoked. Anyway, my name is Brandon. I am on staff here uh, on the college team. Um, for those of you who don't know me, if you're new, what's up? Come say hi to me after. Give it up for the new people. Oh, see, you guys are really pumped about new people. That's all I care about. Um, anyway, yeah, if you're new, again, my name is Brandon. I'm on the college team. Uh, I have the privilege of working here at the church. It's really fun and awesome, and I get to basically do this for a living. Uh, it's sweet. It's a blessing, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah, I, before we begin, I actually wanted to kind of give a little uh, testimony, maybe update, on uh, just one of the aspects that we are actually uh, doing here in Soma, which is our campus ministry. Uh, yeah, we can, get, we can get pumped for campus ministry. We love reaching the lost, right? Um, anyway, yeah, a couple weeks ago, we did a sign-up for that. We got a lot of people signed up, which was great. Um, and so we've been going for the past couple weeks, and we've just seen some really cool stuff happening. Um, you know, it, it's rad just to see you guys, normal people, ordinary people, just going out on a campus randomly on a Thursday night and just saying, hey, we're just out here praying for people. How can we pray for you? Um, the responses we've gotten have been pretty interesting. Some people are like, what does that look like? What do you mean prayer? Um, I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, what do you mean when you say prayer? Uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, I totally would love some prayer. Uh, some people are like, uh, I'm not, not sure. Uh, no thanks. Or I got to go to the gym or I got to go to class. Uh, but needless to say, a lot of people have actually been really encouraged. Um, we have a bunch of, we've had a bunch of different groups that have gone. Um, some people have tried different tactics on how to approach people. Uh, we have one guy, I'm not going to mention any names, but if you've been there, you know. Basically, he tricks people out. He kind of just walks by them and then just jukes them and says, hey, how's it going? And people are just caught off guard. But most of the time, pretty much every time, they receive some prayer and get encouraged. Um, but God's doing some cool stuff, it seems like. Uh, we've, we've prayed for uh, people with, of different religions. Um, we've prayed for uh, quite a few Muslims, actually, on campus. And uh, last weekend, actually, we prayed for a guy who just, like, shared his heart, man. He just was, he had so much going on in his life, and, and there's just a lot that uh, he just felt like he needed prayer for. And so, you know, some of our guys prayed for him, and as they were praying, he just started, he just started uh, crying. Uh, and it just seemed like God really just moved and met him, whether it was through what they were saying or just even the fact that someone took the time and cared um, to just pray for him randomly on a Thursday night. No one really does that. Um, you know, uh, maybe that just encouraged him or touched him. But needless to say, stories like that are happening on campus. Um, so I also want to do like a shameless plug. If you want to join campus ministry, feel free to talk to me. I'll get you signed up. We have a good time. We have a lot of fun. Uh, we're actually going out this week. So if you're interested, let me know. We can go out. We pray for some people. If you're like, hey, I don't know how to pray for people. Well, sign up anyway. I'll teach you. Um, or the Lord will teach you. How about that? Even better. Anyway, uh, just to give you guys some recap, if you are new, we are in a series called Exile. It's a series in the book of Daniel. 
Um, and basically, we've been in the last five weeks, we've only been in the first two chapters of Daniel. There's a lot to cover, but it's been really good. And what this really is, is uh, the, the book of Daniel um, really kind of looks at the life of Daniel and uh, three other dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and they uh, are basically under the rule of Babylon. And most of what happens in these stories is them pretty much not conforming to what the king's like decreeing or what the king's doing. Uh, you know, one story, they, you know, they're sitting with the king, they're eating, you know, he's, he's got all the best food, he's got all the good meats, but by their law, they're not, they're not allowed to eat it. So they are like, hey, we just need some vegetables, we just need some fresh, like kosher stuff. This isn't kosher, so we can't eat it. But basically, they're just not compromising their faith for, uh, in order to follow uh, the, the new rules of the king of Babylon. So, um, so that's kind of where we've been. Tonight, we're breaking out of chapter two, and we're busting in to chapter three. And Maddie, Madison thinks it's so funny that we're doing that. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's the joy of the Lord. What can we say? Amen. Be blessed. Um, anyway, we're going to be breaking in to, uh, <laughs> into Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to be in the first 18 verses. Now, some of you, if you've, how many of you guys have uh, kind of grown up in Sunday school? Show of hands. All right, so most of you would know just by some of your nods, you know the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? It was on the flannel graph, right? They had on the flannel graph or whatever they did back then. You had it in your storybook Bible, Dudes in the fire. Hey, well, we're not talking about that part tonight. That's like the big part. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about that next week. My boy Derek Signs in the back there, he's going to be dropping some knowledge on that part of the story. We're actually going to be talking about before it. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and we're going to go right into it. So uh, why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for tonight. Um, God, I just thank you uh, that you love us. I thank you that you just want to speak to us tonight. Lord, I just pray um, that tonight we would just see your worth, God, that we would see that you are so good, that you are so much better um, than anything we could ever hope for. Uh, Lord, I just pray um, that you would use tonight, that you would speak through me, uh, Lord, just to get your message across. Um, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in your sweet and beautiful name. Amen. All right. So why don't you guys go ahead. If you haven't yet, turn to Daniel chapter 3. Let me get a word if you have it, if you're there. Sweet. All right. So, Dane, I'm going to have you stand up. I'm going to have you read it. I'm going to have you read for us. I want you to read this section for me. You'll understand why. You're, you're going to understand why I'm making him read it, and I'm not going to read it when, when he reads it. You'll see. But just read it. There's a lot of... There's a lot of... Wor- oh, this is going to be even better. Yes. All right. So, Dane, why don't you take it away? Read the first 18 verses. Boom. Give it up for Dane. Now you see why... I didn't read that on my own. Uh, there's a lot of repetitiveness. Actually, the first time I read it, like this week when I read it, uh, I was getting like lost through because I was like, wait, didn't I just read this part? Because it keeps repeating the same thing of like all the instruments. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like all these instruments play, you fall down. Got it. Okay. Anyway, um, so let me break down because uh, that was a lot. Uh, let me break down what's going on. Um, before we do, brief history real quick. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar kind of is in charge of everything right now. Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, kind of in charge. He's kind of in charge of everything. Uh, Jerusalem is under their control. And so what happens is he captures these dudes. We've learned this. Uh, you know, we learned this in the uh, previous chapters. He captures some of these dudes. He captures Daniel, right? He captures Hananiah, Mish- uh Mishael, and then Azariah. 
And he gives them new names, Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gives them Babylonian names. And so that's what they're going by. These dudes, uh, somehow, as captives, turn into now uh, advisors to the king. They're in the king's court. Uh, they eat food with him. They sit at his table. Uh, they kind of have a nice life set up for them, especially for being captives of a conquered you know, being captives of the people that conquered them. So they're kind of just really in a good spot. They're in a good position. So what happens is Nebuchadnezzar, being full of himself, decides to make a huge statue. Uh, 60 cubits is about 90 feet high, um, and six cubits is about nine feet wide. So it was nine feet wide and this really tall golden statue. Um, and so we heard, you know, basically as we heard in the story, hey, he says, if you hear the sound of this music, all you guys need to bow down. You need to worship me. Uh, you need to, you need to uh, worship the gods that I worship. You need to basically just give all your devotion to me. Um, so all the politicians are in, all the magistrates, all the important people and everybody else underneath them are basically doing this. He brings everybody in from all the different provinces and he says, look, you got to do this or you're going to die. I'm basically going to kill you if you don't worship me. So they're all kind of just in fear. They like where they're at. They like the positions they're in. So they're going to give in and they're going to bow down. They're going to worship these gods. Now we have the shady astrologers, right? These guys, for some reason, did not like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these astrologers decide to rat on them and go, look, hey, your dudes, your homies that you eat dinner with, uh, they're not doing what you said. They're not worshiping this idol. They're not following, you know, they're not following what you, your rules. They're just standing there. They're refusing to bow down. So if you're a guy who's full of himself, you set up a golden statue, you put all this work in, and your closest homies decide not to follow these instructions, you're going to be a little upset, right? You're going to be like, dude, what's going on? I thought you had my back. Um, so he calls them over. He's like, look, I'm going to give you guys another chance. I'm going to play this music. You better do it. If not, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And they just straight drop the fire hammer on him. And they go, look, sorry, dude. We're not going to do that. We're not going to submit. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship. Um, we're not afraid of this fire. We're not afraid of this furnace because the God we serve is going to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we still won't worship. So basically they're saying, look, even if God doesn't save us, I would, we would rather die than worship you and worship the gods you serve. So that's pretty heavy. Um, so tonight, as, as I said, you know, obviously you know in this story what happens. They get thrown in the fire, right? And then, you know, I won't spoil anything else. Um, but basically, you know, they said, you know, Derek will, Derek will bring that, the sequel, cliffhanger. Um, but tonight, I kind of want to talk about idols. We're going to talk about the, the idea of idols, what it's, what it's like, and, and the tenacity and the nerve that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to have in order to stand against and not compromise for an idol uh, in their relationship with God. So, bottom line, I'm just going to get to it. If you feel offended right now after I say this, I'm sorry. But the truth is, we all have idols. Okay? We all have an idol. Somewhere in our life, we have an idol. It may not be a giant statue, right? It may not be a giant gold statue that we look at every day and when we see it, we're like, we love you and whatever. We play music and like bow down to it or whatever. But we all have idols. And most of these, uh, a lot of these things are idols 
of the heart. It's things that we just covet so much. It's things that we, we desperately feel like we need to have. Um, maybe it's a girlfriend. Maybe it's a boyfriend. Maybe it's uh, just a relationship in general. Maybe it's being accepted uh, by your friends or by your parents or by your colleagues, whatever it may be. Um, maybe it's success. Maybe it's a success in school. Maybe it's doing well in school so you can get that business that you wanted to get into or get into that career you wanted to get into. Maybe um, it, it's, it's sexuality. Maybe it's sexual stimulation. It, it's something that you desperately desire, something that you desire so much that it becomes the important thing. Um, anything that you can find fulfillment from and enjoyment out of can turn into an idol. doesn't mean it is an idol just because you enjoy it, just because it, it's good doesn't make it an idol. But what makes it an idol is when it becomes bigger than God. Um, to me, idolatry can be put as, and this is the first point, is having a great desire for non-great things. Idolatry is having a great desire for non-great things. Now, in comparison to God, a lot of things are good, but they're not great, right? Oftentimes, what we do is we make those things great. We make uh, that desire for a girlfriend. We make our pursuit for a boyfriend. We make our pursuit for relationships or our school careers or our actual careers more important, the important thing in our lives, the thing we chase after most, the thing we're most consumed with. Um, the best way I can put the, the, the way we feel inside is, you know, if it was taken away from you, or if you couldn't have it, or it was seemingly impossible, you, you literally just get emotional over it. It's something that you're super passionate about, maybe. It's something that you, you just, you respond in an emotional way, maybe even in a healthy emotional way. And I'm going to show a video of you, uh, what I think goes on inside uh, our hearts when we, when we covet something, when we think it's an idol. So take a look at the screen. All right. So it's probably a safe bet that that cat, cats are an idol for her. Um, if you respond in that way towards anything, it's probably an idol. Um, but the point being is, you know, with, with idols, with the things that, that we desire the most, we tend to make them bigger than they actually are. We tend to make them the most important thing in our lives. And maybe it's not always, right? We have good intentions. We know that God is good. We know that God is better. We know that God can provide. We know all these truths. But at the end of the day, in our hearts, certain things are bigger. Whether it's school, that, you know, significant other, whatever it may be, we can tend to make it bigger. A good way to tell if you have um, an idol is if, if it keeps you up at night. What do you stay up awake at night worrying about? Is it finances? Is it getting that good grade on the test tomorrow? Is it wondering if you'll ever find that soulmate of yours? If you'll ever get married? If you'll ever have a family? Uh, is, it, is it getting that career? Is it, you know, being accepted by your friends the next day in class? What is it that keeps you up? What is it that consumes your thoughts? What is it that runs your life? What is it that drives you to go out and do the things that you do. Now, again, these things can be good. Just because you pursue these things doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them uh, a, a sin. But when they become the most important thing, when they become the thing in your life, the main focus of your life, the main drive of your life, the main passion, the main desire of your life, then it's an idol. 
And oftentimes there is that thing for us, maybe it's not all the time again, but maybe it's in instances. Maybe it's when our comforts are in, in danger. Maybe it's when we're, we're trying to preserve ourselves, save ourselves from discomfort or, or um, consistency. Maybe even having a plan for you is an idol, the unknown, the unsure. But whatever it is, it's what consumes you. Um, And what happens is when we let our idols consume us, we compromise and settle and chase after those things. We chase after good things, but it's not the great thing. And we lose sight of the great thing. And that's the next point is when we compromise, we lose sight of the great. What I love about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this story, in this part of the story, is that they had a lot on the line. It wasn't just a choice between an idol and God. I think for most of us, if we were put in that position right there, we'd probably choose just God. But there was so much more on the line. You see, these guys had status. These guys had probably had some sort of wealth. They probably were better off than a lot of other people. They got to eat with the king. They were high up. They were, they were the king's most trusted people. They, they earned the trust of the king himself. Not to mention, they probably loved being alive. Like, being alive was probably, like, a number one thing on their list is to stay alive. Right? It's probably a good goal to have, uh, is to stay alive. But compared to God... They were willing to sacrifice all of that. They were willing to move that aside. They were willing to to give it away. If they worshipped the idol, they would have had their lives. They would have their jobs. They they wouldn't even have to mean it, right? They could just pretend, oh, I worship you pretending, but not really mean it. And they could have kept their job. They could have kept their position, their status, their title, right? They could have kept their lives. But instead, they said, no, dying is better than worshiping something that's not as good as God. Like, that's worth it to them. You see, they were fully persuaded that God was more to them. They were fully persuaded that God was worth far more than everything. And that's the next point, is that they were fully persuaded persuaded that God was better, that God was worth more. For some some reason in their mind, despite the wealth, despite the power, despite the, the position they held, despite even their very own lives, God was worth more to them. They were fully convinced of that. They knew that compromising themselves, that, that, that choosing life over death, still just did not match up to following and worshiping and serving God and all he was. And the question I ask myself is, how do I get to that point? How do I feel super persuaded that God is better than everything else in my life? I like to think I've accomplished some pretty great things. I married way up. My wife's back there. If you look at her, you'll know. 
She's super patient and awesome and the best lady ever, right? So that's my first major accomplishment, right? I could, I, I'm proud of that. Um, I'm having a kid, okay? Uh, now, that part alone is an accomplishment. We'll see how the rest of that goes in the coming years. But I'm still really proud of that. But at the end of the day, God's better. What God has to offer, who God is, everything that he is and all of his being is better. And that's what they understood. It wasn't about the power. It wasn't about the fame. It was about the relationship they had with God. You see, the bottom line is God is better. That's what they understood. That God is better. It's a simple concept. It's a simple idea. But I think a lot of times it's super hard to grasp. In our lives, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to understand. If you have the last point, that's what it is. It's God is better. That's it. What does that mean? What does that mean that God is better for us? Well, in your desire for a companion, God is better. In the midst of your loneliness, God is better. When you're wondering how tomorrow is going to end up, how you're going to pay your bills as a struggling college student, how you're going to pass that test, God is better. We have the deepest desire to be accepted, to be wanted by somebody. It doesn't even have to be a significant other. God is better. When we are worried and afraid, God is better. And what I mean by that is God is better than any other thing that we think can solve those issues. God is better than having a girlfriend. God is better than having a career. God is better than having lots of friends, having those likes on Instagram, having those likes on Facebook. God is better than having a secure future. God is better than having good grades in school. Now, don't get me wrong. Those things are good. And it's good to chase after them. It's good to pursue them. But when those things become the thing, the thing that we pursue the most and we chase after the most... They become idols. And we lose track of what God wants for our lives. You still need proof about why he's better. Now, let me just remind you. Let's go to what the Bible says. We're going to get scripture on, all right? First of all, God's better because he saved us. Let's just put that out there, right? The the fact that God decided he loved us So much, he decides to sacrifice his son so that we could actually be in relationship with him. That makes God better just in and of itself. Titus 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 says, The hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. You see, God knew the beginning of time that he was going to do this. He set this up, that this was going to happen. So God's good just for planning ahead and keeping to his word. How about the fact that he has plans for you? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for the, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you guys can say, honestly, that the things you chase after, whether it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, 
a job, a career, school, good grades, you name it, just insert the idol there. How many of you guys could say that those things have plans for you, for a future and for hope? Definitely. It's hard to say that. Because those aren't things that last forever. Those things are going to fade away. Those aren't going to matter at the end of the day. God's good because he strengthens us. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31 says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Man, God's good because he likes to strengthen us. That when we're, when we're tired, when we're weary, when we're weak, he lifts us up. He takes us in. A lot of us are busting our butts in trying to pursue that thing. So far, I have yet to feel strengthened by running after those things. Yet when I chase after God, he brings me up. He lifts me up. He strengthens me. Not only that, he gives me rest. Matthew eleven twenty and 29 says, Come to me, all who you are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you guys feel that way when you're cramming for your finals the night before? How many times have your finals made you feel restful? How many times have your finals felt gentle when you studied? Right? It's brutal. Man, for us guys, when it comes to pursuing a lady, it's scary. It's hard. It's brutal. Rest is not what we get out of that. It's tough. It's intimidating. And then you get married to a lady. Oh, boy. It's tough. It's intimidating. Uh, you know, because we're dudes and we just think very simply. Um, and girls need more than that. They need more than simplicity. They need love. Um, anyway, is that right? Are we on point right there? Good. Um, anyway, uh, but none of that gives me rest. It's God. He gives peace. My peace I leave, uh, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives um, give I to you. How does it make sense? Uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Right? Man, how many of you guys ever have peace over finances? If you have peace over finances, then your parents must be hooking you up. Right? Because I don't. Right? But, but God gives us peace. He's safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. I don't know about you, but anything that we would hope to pursue in this world is not safe. There is no guarantee that we're going to succeed at it. There's no guarantee that that's going to make us happy or fulfill us. Let's say we do get the money, right? Let's say we have enough to pay our bills. How do we know we're not going to lose that or be done with it and spend it off somewhere else? It's not safe. What about going through school, right, to get to that career? What happens when you graduate and you're not in that career? There's no guarantee you're going to get it. What happens when you decide you finally get into that career and you don't like it? There's no guarantee you're going to like the career you're even in or you're running towards. 
there's always guarantee that God is safe. We have assurance in that. We have assurance that God is always. Not only that, but he wants you. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I don't know about you, but all the things that I pursue here on this earth bear only temporary fruit. I get pretty bored with it, or it's like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But with God, the fruit that we bear is eternal. Because the difference is, is that the things we pursue on this earth are finite. They're good. We're going to get good fruit. We're going to see the spoils of our hard work. They're not going to last. With God, it lasts. With God, it lasts forever. What we do with God, the fruit we bear with God lasts eternally. You're cared for. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside the Father's care. And even the hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. How many of you guys have been rejected by a guy or a girl? How, 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 how do you feel after that? What is your worth like in that moment? Pretty bad, right? But with God, our worth is far more. Like with God, we are worth more, so much so that he knows the hairs on your head. Look at my hair. It's a lot. And he, num- he knows the exact number on my head. Some of you don't have a good situation with your hair. It makes it, <laughs> makes it easier for him to count, but still the same. He knows the amount, whether you have 10 hairs or a million. God knows. I don't know the last time my bills ever cared for me. Right? I don't know the last time my finals ever cared for me. Because they don't. But with God, you're cared for. His compassion never runs out. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For his compassion will never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If you don't understand this now, you will when you get married, but we are messed up. We are selfish. We want the things we want. Uh, When you add another person who feels the same way into the equation and put them in the same house, it can get messy. It can get, I don't know, sometimes if I've like woken up and be like, my compassion is new towards my wife if we fought the night before. And that's just me being honest. I'm fallen, I'm broken. I love my wife very much. But she can't even fulfill the compassion that the Lord has for me. As amazing she is, as as great as she is, as patient as she is and supportive as she is, she will fail me. And as amazing I am and compassionate and patient, I will fail her. Um, And I do often. Um, But with the Lord, he never fails. His compassion for you never runs out. This microphone's giving me drive me nuts. Um, Those are just some of the things that God has to offer. Now think of the idols in your life. What do those offer you? 
What's the end game there? What does that bring you ultimately? Sure, maybe a sense of happiness for a minute. There's going to be something else you got to chase after to keep it going. See, the end of the day, God is better than, than all the good things. But when we make these good things better than God in our minds, we, 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 we give in to that lie and we decide, man, if I just had more money, if I just had this, or if I had that, or if I did this, or if I did that, or if I knew this person, or if I was this way, things would be better. A lot of times we say that in our minds. A lot of times those are the things in those moments and saying, man, I'm just going to look at God. I'm just going to focus on what he has to say. I'm going to do the things I need to do. I'm going to be responsible, sure. But this isn't going to fix me. He is. This isn't going to solve my problems. He is. This isn't going to bring me peace. He is. This isn't going to bring me joy. He is. See, at the end of the day, God is better. And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood. That despite their lives, despite their status, despite the the power they had, God was better than any of them. What on earth... What in this world can we be chasing that could possibly fulfill and fit in the gap that God sits in? Nothing. Nothing. So my question for you tonight is, what are you chasing? What good thing is now turning into a sin in your life because you have to have it? Because it's better. The good news for us is that we have a God whose compassion is restored each and every day. That there's grace in it for us. That we're learning how to do this, right? The point isn't, is not to make you feel bad that you have an idol or that we chase after idols. The point is to tell you that God is better than those things. And that you're going to come to a point in time where you're going to have to make a choice and you're going to choose that idol over God, but at the end of the day, God's grace is still for you. But what's going to happen is, is you're going to miss out. You're going to lose sight, maybe for a brief moment, in the life that the Lord has set up for you. You see, God wants to live life with you. He wants to do life with you, and he wants to blow your mind. He wants to use you to bear fruit. He wants to use you and encourage you and speak into your life. He wants to be a part of your life. Like, kind of like that cat lady loves cats so much, God loves you a million times more than that. Like, he gets excited about you. He, when he thinks, I mean, he gave his, he gave his own son up for us. That's some level of care right there. Man, he, he desires you. He created this earth to be in relationship with you. He gave his son to restore that relationship with you. You see, God wants you. And when we choose these idols, we lose sight of that love. And we, we try to find that fulfillment and that love from something that can't give it. 
We end up frustrated. We end up depressed. We end up um, mad. Mad at God even sometimes. But if there's one thing you can walk away with tonight, that God is better. God is better than anything you could hope to chase after in this life. Your school is good. Your careers, your passions, your desires, those are good. Having a girlfriend is good. Having sex in the right context is good. Having a boyfriend is good. Having enough to pay the bills is really good. It's not better than God. It's just not. It won't fulfill you. It won't satisfy long enough. It's kind of like Del Taco burritos. Let me explain. Why don't you bring up the picture? We have a picture of a Del Taco burrito. Bean and cheese. Most of you, this is your bread and butter. You love this. If you're a college student, especially a college dude, and we used to live off this stuff. Me and Derek Sines used to go to Del Taco all the time uh, and enjoy its goodness. Now, some of you are like, that's nasty. I don't care. But for the sake of the illustration, just track with me here, okay? This could be good. But compared to God... Uh, it's like comparing this with this next picture. That's good, right? Okay, this is literally what happens though, right? If you think that that Del Taco burrito is better than that, you're nuts. Some of you are probably just to defy, would say, I would eat the Del Taco over that. Some of you don't like steak, right? Whatever. Some of you don't like whatever. Just it, It's more the quality over what it actually is. Uh, it could be chicken. It could be whatever kind of uh, tofu, fish, whatever you like. You just put in that category and replace all that. But what I'm saying is the quality of what we chase after and the quality of what God has to offer is very different. And oftentimes we chase after the poor quality satisfaction. We chase after the poor quality Good things compared to the meat and potatoes of Jesus. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. It sounded cool in my head. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to call the band up. And I just want to encourage you tonight. I want to challenge you tonight. Man, some of you came in tonight really worried. Some of you walked in tonight really stressed out. Um, not sure how you're going to pay the bills. Not sure if you're going to get that girlfriend. Not sure if you're going to get that boyfriend. Not sure if uh, you're going to pass that test. Not sure if you're going to get that job. Not sure if you're going to get into that career or even get into that school. Man, something tonight you guys are worried about. Something tonight, maybe the, the idols are getting the best of you. Maybe you can identify with an idol and it's not necessarily affecting you, but you just want to move away from it. And that's you tonight. I'm going to have uh, life group leaders in the back. And we just want to pray. The best thing you can do for yourself in this situation is just pray. Talk to God about it. Dialogue with God. Say, God, how can I get more of you instead of more of this? Lord, give me that peace. Lord, give me that strength. Lord, give me the freedom to enjoy you and not worry about the small stuff. Because at the end of the day, the good stuff's the small stuff. I have a video I want to play before we go into worship. I thought it was highly motivational, inspirational, and I think it talks about what we were uh, just talking about tonight. Um, 
But it's spoken by a well-seasoned speaker named Francis Chan. And uh, he has a way of articulating things that I just, I can't figure out how to articulate stuff. I mean, if I could articulate things the way he does, I could probably convince a lot of people to do a lot of different things. For the betterment of my life. Anyway, uh, but anyway, the point being, watch this screen, watch this video, um, and just let it speak to you. Just, this is really God's heart, um, I think, and, and this is just what, what, how God views us despite us choosing things over him. So take a look. So as we go into worship tonight, just remember that whatever you have going on, whatever is burdening you, whatever you are so consumed with tonight, whatever is just really just knocking on the back of your brain, just fix your eyes on God tonight. In this moment, in this time of worship, let's just fix our eyes on God. If you need help with that, if you need prayer in the back, we'll be praying for you in the back. But let's take this time to just fix our eyes on God for one moment. If not a brief moment in time where we don't have to worry about the cares of this world, if we don't have to worry about if we're going to measure up, if we're going to be accepted, if we're going to get the things we need or have the things that we want, let's just give it to God. Let's just fix our eyes on those things, on heavenly things. Let me pray. Why don't we stand up? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are better. There's no other reason we need to run after you other than that you are better than anything else. The love you have, the fulfillment you bring, the joy and the pleasure and the happiness and the acceptance that you bring is better. The strength you offer, the peace you give is better. God, will we fix our eyes on these things? Will we ask freely of these things? Lord, you say ask and you will receive. Lord, will we just ask tonight that you would show us your love, Lord? Would you show us that you are better tonight? God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in your name.